0: Welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me as always is Matthew Tabor and we are doing an emergency podcast, quick and dirty audio only because Matt, the great YouTube purge is upon us.
1: It is a dark day, isn't it? A dark day in the annals of the
0: YouTubes. It's super weird. It's something that People have always kind of worried about there. There were rumblings about going all the way back to the adpocalypse. But, you know, just now this morning, I woke up to iDubbbz having his leafy content cop video removed. I mean, removed. It's just gone. And yep. just before we started recording, I think this was kind of the the catalyst for both of us to say, all right, look, we need to record right now. We need to talk about this is Psychic Pebbles having his Fine Brothers video removed, which to me, okay, look, the IDubs thing is comedy. It's clearly comedy. Content Cop is a critique. It's criticism. There are elements of it that I suppose could be considered harassment, like particularly him making fun of <laughs> Leafy's chin and like doing like pin the chin <laughs> right. on Leafy in public. Like, uh, I see it. I see it. But man, Psychic Pebbles, animation, criticizing the fine bros. I don't see it. I I see that as purely satirical commentary and criticism. To call that bullying is insane.
1: It is insane. And you mentioned commentary. That's that's really the issue here is it's impossible to tell when commentary and critique ends and harassment begins. Um, it's so, so vague and, in everything that's written, you know, there's nothing useful when you look at, at the paragraphs, (coughs) excuse me, if you look at the paragraphs that, that YouTube wrote up about this, it's utterly meaningless. You cannot tell where a line is going to get drawn or why it's going to get drawn.
0: No. And that's something that obviously we've talked about a little bit in the past, but now it's rearing its ugly head in a very, very real way where, yeah, it's just, it's just subjective. It's just up to whoever the benevolent leaders at YouTube are who get to decide, who get to flick a switch To determine that something needs to be removed, that, that, you know, this, this monument of YouTube, we're going to tear down because it's no longer allowed.
1: It's strange that it goes beyond demonetization, right? That it goes to that straight up removal of a video that we will not host this content. And I don't, I, I really don't understand it. I don't think it can go well at all from here. I mean, I should be able to make a video on why Vsauce 2 sucks. Okay. I should be able to open up a a YouTube channel and say, I don't like Kevin's last five videos. To be honest, I don't like Kevin. Uh, I don't like the format, you know, whatever it is. uh, Why shouldn't I be able to to say that?
0: Well, especially, you know, because the other thing I was thinking of is in terms of Being a public figure, you know, because there are certainly different rules that apply to the criticism of a public figure as opposed to the criticism of a a private citizen. And, And that line seems weird as well, where it's like, okay, if I make a YouTube video saying like the guy that runs the deli down the street from me is like... A jerk, and, <laughs> and no one should shop at his deli. is that okay? I mean, compared to, yeah, like you criticizing vsauce two, which clearly is um has a much larger presence and is you know purposefully on the platform and putting myself out there, I mean, I guess there's a distinction to be made there, but like for instance with psychic pebbles video criticizing the fine bros it's like he was punching up you know you hear that term like punching up punching down like he right. was criticizing this massive massive operation of youtube for something that was worthy of criticism and again where where and how do you draw the line on what is harassment as opposed to valid critique.
1: What really confuses me here is that I think of YouTube channels and videos the same way I think of any show on TV. Okay. If I made a video about uh, why I didn't like the Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, Or just any, any popular show. And I gave all my reasons. I did the full rundown of this. What's the difference between that video and saying, I think Leafy sucks. I think Vsauce 2 sucks. What's the difference there? I don't think there is a difference at all, but nobody would think it's harassment. Like if I make this Mandalorian video, is it's like, oh, why are you harassing Disney Plus? Nobody would
0: think that. That's insane. It is. <laughs> what is the difference? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the difference is, but I agree with you that that going so far as to just remove the videos rather than, yeah, like just demonetizing it or not running ads on it. Because that that's a big difference to say, okay, like YouTube does not want to run ads over this content that we consider questionable so that, you know, we're not kind of beholding Starbucks and Coca-Cola to... This stuff that maybe they don't want to be associated with. That's perfectly reasonable. And I think everybody, <laughs> for the most part, would be on board with YouTube's distinction to guard its advertisers who, like, let's face it, fund all of this and, and are the reason that YouTube is allowed to exist and pay for everything from content that, you know, they shouldn't, they don't want to be associated with. Fine. But yeah. Like just removing it altogether and saying, like, you're literally not allowed to upload this and and even retroactively deciding is weird to me on top of it as well. You know, it'd be I guess one thing to say, okay, look, here are our new rules, okay? And starting now, you know, we're gonna be really vigilant about what gets uploaded to YouTube. But to go back and be like, hey, this video that all these people loved and caused no one any harm, as far as I could tell, or is quantifiable, we've determined... Well,
1: Leafy really took it on the chin in that video.
0: <laughs> he, he, well, he, he could have <laughs> if he had one, but um, I guess he just took it on the bottom lip. Uh, but that's another layer to this that I find odd, is just applying these new standards retroactively to, to popular content.
1: It's strange to me that they would seize on a video like that leafy one, which must've been what? 2016.
0: Yeah. 2017 maybe, maybe at best. Earlier. I know that's a pretty old video. Yeah. Man.
1: yeah. Yeah. So of all of the things on the platform that are a problem uh, that they think, uh, you know, generates a problem, constitutes a problem, I guess. Um, why why that one it's so odd to me if that they would <laughs> dig up something uh that that is so old whereas uh we were talking about the spate of videos that have been criticizing lily singh and she like she's a really interesting example with this policy if you think about how it would be applied because she's got a youtube channel that's comedy stuff, right? You know, you know, it's not like it's, it's all vlogs or something. However, it's really personality driven. Her brand is really personality driven. So it's about her and she has this network TV show. So there are a lot of levels, uh, for legitimately criticizing somebody like Lily Singh. And it depends on the point of view, uh, when, when you're going to decide, is it a personal attack or uh, are you talking about uh, the show's format or, you know, how weird it is uh, to have 25 people in a studio audience and, you know, this laugh track got reused four times. <laughs> you know, uh, I forget between the, uh, what was it, Jay Aubrey had one and Drew Gooden had one and I forget which was in which video, you know, which uh, elements of the criticism. But um, if I look at it and say, okay, this person is very clearly – criticizing a specific piece of network TV, somebody else could look at it and say, well, they're just hating on Lily Singh. Um, it's whoever makes that call that on that given day is is right, you know and that's that's a terrifying prospect because you never know who that's going to be. And as they apply this more broadly and more seriously, uh, the review time. On on these things, you know, they're going to get a a quick little glance, just like with demonetization. You know, you have some ding dong God knows where in the world who is scrubbing through 30 seconds of a video and then giving it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Well, it's going to be that same uh, surface level analysis as they get uh, more broad uh, on, on the application of this. And that's just absolutely terrifying to somebody who has a career, or wants one on YouTube and the nutty thing, sorry on the monologue, but this is so crazy to me that it's clear to everybody and YouTube, I'm sure, I'm sure would admit this, that they have severe problems in evaluating monetization and, and ad suitability on videos. So why would you, after having like two solid years of outcry over how bad that system is and how ineffectual? any of the changes have been to that system. Why would you all of a sudden institute institute something that's an even more difficult judgment call? How do you think this is going to go well?
0: And and a more serious one, just because removing a video is killing it. It's it's just, there's a finality to that that you can't even compare demonetization to because at least with demonetization, I don't know, you can you can still do things there. You can still, if you're demonetized, you can still... Do ad reads. You can still have brand deals if you're demonetized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can still sell merchandise. You can still just get your art out there. <laughs> you could still make your audience happy and excited and build a brand. Or You, there, you have opportunity <laughs> within demonetization. You have no opportunity if all of a sudden tomorrow somebody somewhere that nobody has any connection to decides that your video is no good and it just removes it. There's nothing and so well and just I just want to say real quick there's there's also two problems from the the side of the of the people making these decisions meaning if they have no context like you said to whether something is like satirical or like what the relationships are anything that's a problem. If they have no context and they're just making this Cold calculation based on you know coming into this thing without any idea of what this is—that's a problem. But then it's also a problem if they do have context, because they're because then bias fil- filters in. Like bias will naturally filter in to L- any of these situations if they are familiar with iDubs or they are familiar with Lily Singh or they are familiar with wh- whomever is involved in this. Criticism because they're going to decide probably one way or the other, largely influenced upon that bias.
1: So, what do you do now? Let's say, Kevin, that you have a commentary channel, and we both know a bunch of guys in the commentary community who all they do is make uh, critical videos. Uh, And the ones that that do the best uh, and have really strong followings uh, have very sharp, informed critiques. You know, they're they're a lot more uh, philosophical and analytical than they are entertainment. You know, it's not just cheap jokes ripping on people. Um, So if you've got a channel like that, uh, where it is a a Drew Gooden type, you know, making videos like that Lily Singh thing, if that's what you do... uh, where's your channel going? What's, what is YouTube for you going into 2020? If that's your style of content, this happens today.
0: What's life going to be like? What would you do as a creator? I I don't know. I mean, I would, I would be really worried. I would be very worried. I would really want to rethink like what it is that I'm going to make videos about. And just kind of like, uh, at a, uh, On a higher level with all of this stuff, what I find really weird about it is like you're kind of cutting YouTube-focused content, like YouTube community content. Like content that is about YouTube, you're cutting it off at the knees with this. Where that's one of the biggest things that has happened over the last couple of years is that YouTube has become such a staple of people's lives that entire channels have been created and blossomed and grown quickly based upon talking about YouTube. Like that was not a thing right. for a really long time for, for the first, I don't know, eight years of YouTube's existence. That was not a thing. I think a lot of people probably don't remember that. Maybe they haven't been like on YouTube. They're, they're not as old as we are but yeah. let me tell you something like making commentary videos is a pretty new thing uh there there were always like reply videos you know right where you would yeah. kind of like reply to a, a popular video but having a whole channel and brand based around talking about youtube is really a, a pretty new phenomenon especially as a popular phenomenon and it's a genre that can't exist anywhere else. Like it's so unique to YouTube that getting rid of that, which is what it seems like this will do to some extent or maybe to a huge extent, is such a weird thing for YouTube to get rid of. It's it's almost like baseball getting rid of fantasy baseball or like the NFL, like cracking down on <laughs> right. fantasy football. It's like, this is a yeah. whole industry built around celebrating and talking about your thing. And that's yes. what you're getting rid of.
1: I don't know. I really don't know what these guys are going to do. And even if they plow on and continue to to do it, um, you know how long videos take. Uh, and you know, when, when they're critical ones, um, they take a really long time because you've got to make sure that the things that you're criticizing, you know, are accurate. You got to get that right. And, uh, like in the commentary space, uh, somebody will, you know, talk to five or six people to make sure that, you know, this thing that they're about to say is accurate. You know, it takes a long time to do all that. Why would you... Why would you engage in, in any of this time commitment? Uh, not, and That's not even, even adding in uh, what it takes to make the actual video on the editing and, and this and that. Um, when there's a chance that it's going to get wiped. Absolutely zipped off of YouTube. Not just demonetized, demonetized, but gone entirely. What's the point? How do you proceed uh, with any kind of sharp biting analysis? anything remotely controversial um you you can't do it i mean it would just be a waste of time you would de- you would default to uh, a topic that you know is going to be safe in the sense that your video is not going to get taken down
0: and not only that i'm thinking now what's to prevent someone who Is a, is a bad actor, like someone who actually is doing something bad that, that deserves to be kind of called out or have, you know, a light shown on their bad behavior from just saying, Hey, this is, this is bullying. You know, this is harassment. This person is harassing me. Please take this down. How, how do you make that call? Yeah. Um, how is it,
1: how is it going to happen at this point? Fill me in on this in terms of reporting on a video, like does somebody submit a complaint and say, this video is about me. I feel harassed. Uh, does the community flag it? Um, do uh, manual reviewers just decide to initiate a, a, a claim like that, a complaint straight away without the person who's,
0: you know, the victim saying I'm a victim? I don't know. I mean, you, you already have there already are flagging tools for harassment, but what what boggles my mind is who's going back through the 10 trillion videos and saying, oh yeah, this Psychic Pebbles Fine Bros cartoon from five years ago, that's a bad one. Let's remove that. Uh Oh, this IDubs video making fun of This leafy guy who, you know, isn't even around anymore from four years (laughs) ago or whatever. Let's get rid of that. Like these are very precise actions. This is not an accident. And I can't imagine that anyone has been going back and is like continually, continually flagging Psychic Pebbles, Fine Bros cartoon for harassment in 2019 That's not happening. There's no way that that is happening. So it's not like that got like a flood of flags and YouTube was like, ooh, let's check this out. (laughs) It's like, no. Yeah. Somebody at YouTube purposefully went to those videos and got rid of them. Well, I
1: saw – yeah, I
0: saw one today that –
1: somebody said that that Ethan Klein was kind of consulted on – was one of the people that YouTube talked to in developing this. Um, I I don't know if that's, that's true. Do you remember saying that or not?
0: No, no, I I haven't heard
1: about that. Well, a video that had like 1.4 million, uh, views. So, you know, significant, but not, you know, massive, massive. Um, yeah, video criticizing him was one that got just removed today. Uh, yeah, I saw that on, on Twitter, um, in the replies, you know, so, what you you can't critique one of the most popular shows uh on
0: on YouTube i guess not i don't know and that's what i think what can you criticize i, I don't know that's what I, I i find your like mandalorian comp fascinating because what is the difference what is the difference between saying yeah like st- the new star wars or the new Avengers movies suck because that was made by a conglomerate of people. So that's not like a specific person. Well, mm-hmm. can you make a video criticizing LeBron James? Uh, is that okay? He's one specific person. Can you say, you know, LeBron James sucks because of XYZ? And here's <laughs> my 30 minute video for why, you know, LeBron James is wrong about you know, his opinion on Hong Kong or, or just why he's not the best basketball player of all time. And Michael Jordan is like, I I just don't get it. I'm completely baffled as to how you can possibly institute anything remotely like this in a justifiable way.
1: I don't know how they proceed. I really don't understand how they think this is going to play out. And how they see it uh like the actual steps evolving on the implementation of this um i don't see a viable path forward on this particular policy uh they need clearer guidelines they need better guidelines uh that say specifically um what what you can't talk about what you what you can't do um <clears throat> Right now, it makes no sense at all.
0: I mean, you talk about H3, they literally were sued for Mm -hmm. criticizing someone for making a video. You know, I don't remember the name of the the person off the top of my head, but, you know, H3 used to make these goof videos on all sorts of people, just kind of calling them out and ripping their content. And one of them literally sued them over that. So now why doesn't that person just go to YouTube instead and say, Hey, remove this video. It, it harassed me and it like, you know, did damage to my, my business and to, to my brand. And it really hurt me emotionally and, and financially, uh, get rid of this video about me. How does that's gotta happen. Why would that not happen at this point? A really yeah
1: that that will happen if you just don't like something about you you will be able to report that uh with with some uh, super subjective charge uh, that you know like harassment i feel abused uh, whatever it is um <clears throat> and uh, what what can they say N- no you don't <laughs> you
0: know right um, no, we, we don't we've, believe that <laughs>
1: Yeah, we feel like like your feelings should not be hurt by this. You are wrong uh, with how you feel. Uh, But I think of a guy like Coffee Break, who since about uh, maybe a little before we interviewed him, um, he started really focusing on kind of gurus and like, you know, kind of get-rich-quick-scheme type people on YouTube and elsewhere. Gurus. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, um, uh, you know, using this system, you can make $10,000 in your first 30 days, you know, Mm. and you buy into it. So like, you know, he was doing things like pyramid schemes back, you know, in the past. And it's in that same line of criticism where he finds something that he thinks is kind of scammy and, and does an expose on it. And he's been doing that with a lot of these uh, like kind of self-help business gurus. Okay. Um, yeah I know that he's gotten a cease and desist and things like that he was talking about it on Twitter the other day. so occasionally one of them will push back and, and say, "You know, stop talking about me right But this mechanism makes it incredibly easy for any of those people to call all of his videos harassment when they're completely legitimate criticisms of
0: a, a public offering oh, that um, you know, I'm glad that somebody can buy. I'm glad that you brought that up because that was the hypothetical that I was trying to get to is like, what if somebody like one of these gurus, these like grifters is actually taking mm-hmm. advantage of people is, you know, selling them snake oil or whatever. And yep. someone like coffee break can come out and do like a really well-researched, objective thoughtful criticism of someone who is doing something really shady yeah and now the shady person well, can now just it's say Ugh, yeah you are harassing me and you're you know doing damage to me emotionally and financially uh please remove this and now there's just no mechanism at all for for anyone to even call out People who are doing bad things, like legitimately doing bad things, not making jokes about the Fine Brothers, not making like cartoons, (laughs) not making like obviously over the top, ridiculous, satirical, surreal cartoons about the Fine Bros, but actually trying to expose someone who is doing something bad on YouTube. It's going to
1: protect a lot of bad people this policy will it's going to stifle a lot of really good creators it will shield virtually everybody on youtube from any actual criticism of what they do and what's so good about that <coughs> about that uh, critical community is that everybody kind of learns from uh, what goes wrong you know like there've been in the past some really Interesting and important discussions about certain sponsorships. You know, you remember um, the stuff with BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil DeFranco and Boogie and uh, a bunch of people uh, were in a bit of a mess on that. Okay, that was uh, for about a month. People talked about uh, the nature of of some of those sponsorships and uh, what the the ethics were around that kind of thing and how YouTubers need to approach it. Um, I bet it really sucked to be Boogie or Phil DeFranco and have an onslaught of, of criticism like that. However, it was really good for the platform as a whole. Uh, I mean, it, it was a, a little bit of a watershed moment in how people approach sponsorships. You know, it was, hey, we we have to take this stuff seriously in, in terms of morality and ethics. Okay. Um, it doesn't need you know mean that every sponsorship has to be you know UNICEF uh or, or some like charitable thing whatever but um it was hey we've got a problem with with certain things that happen here because of all these critical videos we will talk about what that problem is and then we'll solve it that happened there now there's no way there's no way that will happen again it, it can't
0: and it it makes me wonder I'd love if, because I I want to hear the other side of this. Like if there there there's two sides to everything. I want to know what the other side is. In my mind, the other side being people who are genuinely harassed, people who are genuinely bullied. Okay, which that happens. Did they not have? Any recourse before this? Because I find that really hard to believe. Like you're telling me that YouTube prior to this sledgehammer that they are smashing over the head of YouTube. Couldn't do anything about legitimate harassment, legitimate bullying, legitimate like like damage to, to, to people, you know, based on things like race based on things like sexuality, you know, based on immutable characteristics. Before this, there was nothing they could do? I find that very hard to believe. And if that's true, then then that's that's a tremendous failure on YouTube's part for the last 13 years or whatever. It took them 13 years to be able to actually do anything about legitimate, like not criticism, not commentary, not cartoons, not satire, not comedy, but targeted harassment of people and of protected classes before today was didn't exist for the last 13 years? That's That seems ridiculous.
1: That was at the heart of the Steven Crowder and Carlos Maza thing, uh, wasn't it? that what policies do they have in place and how can they apply whatever's there to deal with a situation where, uh, you can make a compelling case, that, that it was harassment. Um, they didn't have a mechanism that made it clear for anybody, which is why that turned into such a, a massive event, uh, where people, a lot of people didn't know, um, <laughs> really what was going on at all. We didn't know. I remember talking to you about it. where it's like, well, what are they going to do here? You know, shrug. Who knows because it could go in any direction at all. Uh so whatever they had, I mean, uh it was just so loose. It was it was one big judgment call and then they've expanded on this by having even more vague language that allows for millions of more judgment calls. Like it's it's insane to me that they would throw gas on this fire
0: that's exactly what it what it does seem like and and even going so far as criticizing because i'm thinking of criticizing like john oliver for example okay okay that's john oliver is one person he is on hbo that's a gigantic network but he's one person it's not criticizing the mandalorian you're criticizing a human being named john oliver are you allowed to do that is uh, are you allowed to do that to the extent that your criticism i don't know um doesn't like make fun of his british accent like is that right <laughs> you know like you laugh but yeah. it's like is is that too far what's too far I, I don't i don't know i don't know and it and it seems like we didn't know before and now i know way less like it seems a lot yes. more confusing to me than it was before yeah it's like somehow they made more decisions that led to this being more confusing
1: it's like they sat around and thought how can we make this worse Things are really bad. It's it's impossible for anybody to know what they can and can't do. How can we make this these waters even murkier? Let's make it more confusing. Uh, what can we possibly possibly put together uh, to uh, put everybody further into the dark? And then, well, they did it. So maybe it gets refined as they um, have bad situations. I mean, but we see on on. Twitter all the time, people with serious, bizarre problems with YouTube support, okay, you know, with their channels, they'll they'll have a question that it's some crazy thing has happened with somebody losing their channel or demonetization that it was totally invalid or uh, copyright claims. You know, we haven't even talked about how nuts that system is and how badly uh, it's run and how much it's abused. Um, We see their inability to respond to a lot of those situations. They can't fix a lot of those problems. Uh, They do some automated messages. And, you know, if it does happen at all, uh, it's going to take a month or two. Um, They can't handle that. Uh, So this is much, much harder. You know, I, I have a hard time processing it because just everything that they know about what they've done in all of these other arenas, they seem to have learned absolutely nothing from those difficulties and failures.
0: What about limiting it to uh, immutable characteristics, like immutable traits of other people? Is that enough? And is that clear enough to say, look, you can go after a person's ideas. You can go after a person's actions. You cannot go after a person for how they look. Or how they talk. I don't know. Is, is I'm just, these are tough
1: to separate with a lot of people. I'm just, these are really tough. You know, we think of all the people who have kind of identity driven channels. Uh, that's a really tough, uh, tough line to draw when they've, <coughs> sorry, they've got an, uh, a channel that, you know, somebody like Lily Singh, who's constantly, uh, talking about her sexuality, her race. um, that's. I mean, if you were going to say anything about uh, that content, you would be talking about these characteristics that are the immutable ones, right? Uh, you can't separate that with a lot of people, and so even that rule, it seems like it would be very clear. Uh, I don't. I don't think it is. Is as clear as it as it seems like it would be,
0: right? Yeah, the- you know, if I if I just
1: ripped on, uh, you know, if I ripped on uh, any of the Vsauce channels for something about how the host looked, uh, okay, that would be easy enough to police because uh, who who you all are isn't part of your content at all. But a whole lot of creators have have put themselves out there in. That content, that's how they built their audiences because people identified with those elements of personality and culture and just all of these different things. Um, yeah, to to criticize their content is to criticize a lot of these characteristics. So I wouldn't want to be the one having to make the call on what constituted harassment uh, or unfair critique and, and what was just, uh, you know, somebody making a video that that happens to criticize a, a person who's, whose content is, you know, about, you know, about like race and culture.
0: Right. So you're saying in those instances, the ideas are part of those characteristics. Yeah. They're intrinsically tied together. So you can't criticize the ideas without it's, – it's like trying to navigate a landmine in some way where you – or – or the whole thing is just so woven together that there is no separating the ideas from no. what you would call like immutable characteristics or culture. Like it is one in the same in a lot of these instances. Is, is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And people have tried to have policies like this in other arenas, you know, really famously in at colleges and universities. You know the, the higher education scene in the U.S. Um, has dealt with effectively this same kind of thing uh, for a couple decades now. <clears throat> you know, really kind of regulating speech in that way. Um, you know, has gone through some some changes over the last few decades, but. Um, that's exactly what YouTube's trying to do here. And it's been a mess in a lot of cases where some really crazy things have happened over the years at colleges where a university will just decide this one thing that, uh, they happen not to like or whoever runs the office of, uh, regulating this thing. Um, they'll look at it, uh, decide they don't like it. And all of a sudden it's a big scandal because they shut down some really nothing of a topic. Um, uh, other places, you know, it swung far in the other direction where it's been, uh, you know, they've had some difficult things go on on campuses because there weren't policies in place uh, that that really showed the community what it could and couldn't do. So anyway, this has all been done a million times before, whether it's higher ed or, you know, anything like that. Um, and they were just like, oh, no, we will... We as YouTube will just do this again, having learned nothing from humanity up until this point, And we're certain that it's going to go extremely well and protect the people who need to be protected. None of it makes sense.
0: Let me, let me ask you this because I saw a tweet that was happy about this. That was really excited about this. Okay. 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 They were like, ha ha, bye bye drama channels. Yeah. Um, Like that, this is awesome. Finally, YouTube did something about this. And all of the replies to that tweet were in support of this same uh, feeling. Like this same. uh, To the point where one person, I swear to you, even said something along the lines of I wish YouTube would get rid of the First Amendment. Okay. So. Clearly, there is a strong sentiment that there should be more policing. There should be more authority on YouTube's end to get rid of content that people think is bad. What do you say to that?
1: Um, I think anytime uh, anytime YouTube is in a position to pick winners and losers, it's going to go badly it it's that simple to me where if they have the power to decide on on a really conceptual level um what gets featured what doesn't get featured um what gets removed from the platform entirely it's going to go badly and i don't think I don't think uh, some of those people appreciate how that works on a grand scale. They think in a very narrow way. Like, yeah, drama channels cause way more problems to them. They cause way more problems than they solve, or, you know, the entertainment of them is not worth the human cost. Um, so getting rid of drama channels, great, that's a good thing. They're not considering any, any of the other elements on YouTube that would be affected by this. And to be fair to them, I I get it. I mean, it's pretty tough to conceive of an ecosystem that's constantly moving like this, that is as big as YouTube. You know, we, (coughs) I remember at VidCon, we were talking about, you know, featured creators and how we who do this stuff all day and have for a long time, Did not know who a lot of these people were because YouTube is just so big that we can't. You know, you can have you can be neck deep in it and not have a clue about like ninety nine percent of what happens on YouTube. So, yeah, I I sympathize with people not getting like a fully nuanced picture of how this picking winners and losers plays out in in the development of the platform. Um, I think it's extremely dangerous uh, that that they want to start or they're advocating for uh giving YouTube or anybody else more more power with it and more uh you know I don't want to say power because it is YouTube's platform, like it's theirs. That's like saying somebody has power over their own house. Uh but uh giving them more judgment calls and, and more serious consequences w- with those judgment calls. It's even when it goes in your favor Maybe you hate drama channels. They're gone. Excellent. Uh, tomorrow, it, it may, you know, hit you hard in, in a place that um, just something you you like that is inoffensive to you and, and useful to you gets axed.
0: And I think that the YouTube Rewind situation is a perfect crystallization of how out of touch YouTube is with making decisions like this. Yeah. Going back to YouTube Rewind 2018, the most disliked video of all time. You know, we did a whole episode about that last year. Yeah. It was so disconnected from the YouTube community that it rightfully got dragged through the mud. Uh, worse than anything on YouTube ever has before, because it was really corporate. It was really cheesy. It was like weirdly preachy in a way that came off as disingenuine and everybody hated it. So what do they do? You know, that was the question you and I had last year is where do they go from here? They just made this horrendous. YouTube Rewind video? Well, we got our answer. And the answer is they gave up. They threw in the towel. (laughs) They quit. YouTube quit doing Rewind. Uh, They decided they were no longer going to make YouTube Rewind. And instead, they released a totally arbitrary top 10 list that was... What, a few like different five, ones yeah 5 minutes long it's totally arbitrary it was like most liked video games most liked dance videos most it's like how did you decide upon these genres like okay most right. liked videos i understand or but but beyond that it was like and here are a couple of uh, other totally arbitrary genres that we're going to slap together for and then that's it and then that's it and then that's the whole video the it's end the Years end Rewind. yeah yeah congratulations now you understand what happened on youtube in 2019 uh no it's no no i don't <laughs> nobody does
1: the only thing i thought was interesting in that in all of rewind uh, which i want to say this before i forget it <coughs> is that when they showed um they showed a few channels that started in 2019 and had like three million subs already. Um, that, that was kind of neat. That was just a neat little thing to show that, yeah, in June you can start a channel and by August have a million people you know wanting to see whatever your next move is. Um, that, that was really cool. I think that's a, a milestone that I can't recall um, I can't recall YouTube featuring that before. Really cool. Everything else was like an AI-generated, you know, loser approach uh, that it was like, oh, well, you know what we should do here since last year was such a disaster? We should go back in time to, like, 2011 and hire a BuzzFeed listicle writer, uh, you know, for $17 and, like, a, a latte and, uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll come up with this YouTube rewind in about 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's all it was. That's all it was.
0: And there were people who hmm. like, I understand. So the, of course there was huge blowback. A lot of people hated it. And in response Shame. to and well, look, in response to that, how do you, a lot how do you of,
1: hate that? Which isn't even a thing. You know, like like PewDiePie was doing his video and he's like, how do we even talk about this? What is there to say about a presentation of statistics?
0: That is what there is to say, in my opinion. Like, I, I understand the people who came out in defense of YouTube to say like, hey – how can you complain about this? It was a right. showcase of the greatest videos of the year. It was a showcase of a lot of of a diverse range of like global creators, uh, which is a wonderful thing. And it was a total meritocracy. They weren't picking winners and losers. They weren't saying, oh, this person's going to be in Rewind and this person isn't, which is the longstanding criticism of Rewind is that it is uh, kind of – I don't know. There's some nepotism involved in who gets sure. in Rewind yeah. and who doesn't. It's it's who, you know, the people who make Rewind are familiar with. And that's a small pool compared to a lot of great creators around the world. However, my take on it was that keep doing the list thing. Keep making that type of video at the end of every year. By all means, what did that cost them? Nothing. Oh. Nothing. (laughs) I told you $17. It cost them $17 Uh, (laughs) and a lot and a latte to make (laughs) that. So good. Keep making it. It is great. But as a replacement for what YouTube rewind has been, it is not that by any stretch of the imagination, like YouTube rewind until last year where they got it so badly wrong was a wonderful time capsule of the unique culture and content that is created on the platform. You could go back to watch YouTube 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and it's, it literally is like opening up a time capsule from that year and seeing like, oh, there's like Freddie Wong... Dancing to Gangnam Style, or doing the Harlem Shake, or the Ice Bucket Challenge, or all of these things that were so viral and popular and trendy in the years that they happened, that it's really memorable. Like I remember tons of stuff from those rewinds, and if I ever want to revisit what those years were like on YouTube, I can go watch those. What in the world am I remembering or going back to visit with this new format of a listicle? Nothing. There's nothing. Ooh, Minecraft was popular in 2019. You don't say like there there's, there's nothing. There's no pathos. There's no emotional connection. There's no story. There's no narrative. Um, There's nothing funny. There's nothing surprising. It's nothing. It's just, nothing they t- they 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 took something that i thought was culturally significant especially within youtube but i think culturally significant to the internet at large and just yeah. stripped away everything that was meaningful from it and said hey how about this how about this like wikipedia article of numbers uh of numbers of kind of arbitrary categories that we decided were significant for you
1: you you know whose videos i want to say that video is like <laughs> that it's just reading a wikipedia list
0: <laughs> well watch mojo was the one that everybody compared it to because that's kind of yeah. like the most popular version of like top 10 avengers uh, uh avengers <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, <Yep. laughs> Captain America. Yeah. So
1: they started off this video by by saying you know, kind of a, a weird way, weirdly like passive aggressive kind of thing that was like, yeah, most disliked video of all time. We're obviously so terrible at it. So we're just going to let you do it. Um, it, it came off oddly to me. That set the tone for, for rewind to just. Suck. I mean, what followed that was terrible anyway. It was lifeless. Uh, It was the equivalent of like a a room temperature glass of tap water. Um, (laughs) It was just the lamest thing possible. But even if it had been better, if there'd been a little more life to it, I think that they started off on the wrong foot. It, It wouldn't have worked out too well anyway just with that
0: strange intro it, it felt funny to me i agree with you totally like it's it doesn't set the tone to say like hey yeah sorry we're terrible at this anyway here we go it's like you know the the cleveland browns coming out to play a football game and uh, baker mayfield takes s- center field <laughs> He stands on the logo at the 50 yard line with a microphone and announces like, Hey guys, you know, we've lost a lot of games in our franchise's history. We're not very good at football, but uh, we're going to give it another shot against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals today. Here we go. (laughs) Like, That gives me all the confidence in the world that you guys are going to play well.
1: What if you had a video that wasn't as successful as some of the others and you followed up that video by popping on camera, your next video is you getting on camera and saying, uh, yeah, you really hated that last one. So instead of Vsauce 2, um, what I'm going to do is is just let you decide what this video is. So here are the 10 most popular math and science videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> People would be like, okay, Kevin, I don't know why you need to be this butthurt about... About the criticism,
0: but it it would would so obviously come off in a crummy way. Well, just be (laughs) the thing is here's the thing. Here's the thing they did one really badly. Okay. 2018, 2018 rewind was really bad. Yep. They had so many great ones before that. Just because you do one terrible tone deaf one that everybody hates means that you give up entirely that's what i yes that's what i don't get i was like yeah. you you did what it's like oh my gosh uh one bad it's like the star wars prequels everybody hated so they're like all right we're never gonna try to make another good star wars again it's like well look we still like star wars those ones just sucked Why don't you instead like do it better because we know that you're capable of that.
1: Yeah, I actually hadn't thought of it this way, but they really did like kind of take their ball and go home on this one for having, having it go badly once. Once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So you have a, you know, let's again go back to, let's say this is Vsauce 2. You have 10 videos. Nine of them have been popular and well-received, and that's cool. One of them, more people disliked it than normal. A lot of people said, dumb video. Then you quit YouTube entirely. Yeah. That's, uh, according to the Rewind philosophy, that's what you should do. If you do something the community is not into, uh, do Yes, do the channel equivalent of just killing yourself.
0: Yeah, just giving up. Just just we give up. I mean, that's kind of that was my initial reaction. I think within 1 minute of watching the video, that was what I tweeted. <laughs> I was like, "Well, YouTube Rewind 2019, we give up." Cuz that's what that was. <laughs> like we give up. <laughs> After messing up once, we quit trying to do this. And while, you know, you and I were in Japan last week and that is a long flight uh, to Japan. It's a long flight. So uh, one of the hours of the 14, <laughs> I, j- yes. I just decided to mess around and write my own sloppy, rough draft version of a YouTube Rewind 2019. And What you thought it should have been.
1: Or uh, here's a version of what could have been good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like here's a version that I spent very little time thinking about that I think would have been a lot more entertaining than their dumb list. And
1: you put that on on Twitter too, which by the way, we do need to point out that um,
0: you have a new Twitter handle, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I graduated from at Kev Lieb to at Kevin Lieber, my actual full name that, Whoever had at Kevin Lieber all these years was just some gar- garbage <laughs> spam account. So I was able to convince Twitter to let me have it, and and they obliged, which is really cool. So you, uh, yeah,
1: I'm waiting for uh, the person who has at Tabor to expire in the same way. They like posted one tweet, you know, in like early 2017 or something, and that was it. Uh, so. One day I'll have it, yeah, uh, but you so you put this up on Twitter at Kevin Lieber
0: this script that you're talking about, yeah, it's just a rough draft it's it's barely even a script, it's just like here's a really quick idea of what would happen, you know here's it's like an outline, a concept outline, right, yeah, yeah, it's a concept outline, I wouldn't call it a script,, so go through
1: how you how you put this together. I mean, go through what's, what's in
0: this here and why. Okay. So this was just off the top of my head. There are probably a lot of important moments that I missed. There are probably a lot of really important creators or videos that need to be highlighted that I missed, but off the top of my head, the first thing I thought was old town road. Lil, Lil Nas X old town road. That's the song of the year. Hands oh, down.
1: There's yeah. There's no question that that's the defining like YouTube song.
0: Well, no, 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 Ah, uh, Dude, guys, pretty close. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But and Here's right. why. Here's why it's not close. Old town road literally broke the record for number of weeks. A song oh. is number one. It broke yeah, you're right. the record. I'm pretty sure it was like 17 weeks in a row or something. That mm-hmm. song is the song that defines 2019. So I so I started there and I thought okay the YouTube rewind always kind of opens with a really big star that's not necessarily a YouTuber. So I thought start with Lil Nas X and Old Town Road. And Perfect, then yeah. the next thing I thought of was Cybertruck which was yep. huge 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 and Elon Musk's Cybertruck and of course uh Simone's truckla where Simone literally like like cut cut a, a Tesla in half and built a truck because she's amazing and created her own Tesla truck which that video has 10 million views and that was really <laughs> right. really iconic yeah. it was well, yeah and it was crazy that she created a tr- Tesla truck and then like 6 months later Elon Musk is like oh yeah here's my Tesla truck. Here's Cybertruck. So that's what I thought would start with, was start with Lil Nas X, the Truckla, and the Cybertruck kind of joining together as this posse of 2019 posse. And they're going to travel the old town road and the old town road for YouTube Rewind is going to be dotted along the road, like along their journey with really popular moments. On YouTube from 2019. And you can throw mm. in Veritasium's 96 million shade balls video, which was gigantic. You toss in, you know, Dude Perfect. You toss in Jenna Marbles, you toss in James uh James Charles and that whole thing, KSI. Yeah. And Logan Logan Paul, Paul. which was a gigantic, the boxing match was absolutely enormous this year. So you just, you know, as, as they're traveling down the old town road, you start hitting all of these tremendous touch points throughout the year of, of YouTube 2019. Then you hit team trees, team trees was a gigantic thing. The biggest YouTube collaboration of all time, you know, raising millions and millions and millions of dollars to plant trees so you can go yeah. through that um and then and then bad guy uh also do bad guy um also do seth everman's cover of bad guy which was absolutely gigantic so gigantic it was featured in uh youtube rerun 2019 as one of the most liked videos um, yep and you know along the way just toss in cameos of the biggest youtubers from around the world in 2019 and do homages to you know different really popular videos along the way and also include tributes um to Grant the king of random yep that would be nice and yep. Atika, um the the um uh the streamer yep the joycon you know, uh Guy, yeah, 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 and pay tribute Several to them like that. Yeah, yeah. All all of which is to say that there were gigantic cultural moments <laughs> on YouTube that touched millions, tens, untold amount of people that should be turned into a narrative celebration like Rewind was in the past, and you just absolutely get none of that with the top 10 video. And I don't understand why I just would love to hear from them. Like whatever, whoever the decision makers were who were like, you know what? We give up on (laughs) give up. We give up on trying to tell the story of YouTube. Cause that's what rewind was. It's the story of YouTube each year. Yeah. Like why do they think that's not valuable anymore? it's, you know what
1: it is, is rewind is really a yearbook in a video. Okay. So imagine if your high school yearbook, instead of documenting all the things that happened, uh, and featuring some of the the bigger moments in that year for your school and the people in it, whatever goes into a yearbook instead, (laughs) one page, is like, (laughs) here, here are the top trigonometry, Averages. Here are the top <laughs> 10 people, uh, top 10 grades in trigonometry. And you flip the page and it's like, here are the top 10 students in biology. You know, here are the highest grades in English.
0: And, And it's just like a pamphlet. It's like a brochure. It's not even a yearbook anymore. They just hand you some brochure that you would get, you know, in like a stand of brochures to visit like the world's largest ball of string. And instead, it's like, here's YouTube 2019. And it's this brochure that just, yeah, gives you like five top 10 lists. And then somehow you're supposed to glean anything from that. And the answer is no, you glean nothing from that.
1: Imagine doing that and thinking the whole time, this is going to reflect 2019 on this platform. We're going to do it this way. And somebody will look at this and have a really good idea of what happened in the YouTube community over the course of one year. Imagine thinking that, and then putting this thing out.
0: It's, it's preposterous. It's absolutely absurd. Can you imagine being in that meeting
1: sitting around the table as they decided to do it this way?
0: Well, it was a lot cheaper. They saved a (laughs) lot of money because YouTube rewind was very, very, very expensive. And this was very, very, very not expensive. But ultimately I just don't get why they bother with this. It's just, if it's over, then it's over. If you don't care about you know, celebrating the, u- the unique culture of YouTube, then I feel bad about that. It makes me feel bad as somebody who loves the culture of YouTube and loves the community of YouTube and all of the funny and crazy things that happen that YouTube decides, you know what? Uh, I had the thought earlier today where in regards to this, where I thought to myself – have we reached the point where YouTube is embarrassed of YouTube or at yes. least uh, YouTube is embarrassed yeah. of YouTubers? That's a legitimate uh, question. I think the answer is yes. I think that that in the past, I'm sure there were you know some YouTubers they didn't like or some YouTubers mm-hmm. that were really popular that they felt like didn't represent their values or didn't represent their platform very well. But I think uh, – it's to me, it is officially over like it in, in terms of how YouTube feels about YouTubers. It just screams to me that they're embarrassed of what happens now. And and they're happy to just say, wow, look, you know, Blackpink got 500 million views. Isn't that great? And leave it at that.
1: So here's my question to you as a creator who's been in Rewind. Okay. Um they took a decent sized L on this one. Okay. We know that, but do you think that it was better or worse than if they had not done anything at all and just not released a rewind? Would that have been an upgrade based on what we've seen on this one? Or would that have been even worse to quit
0: altogether? That's a really good question. Uh, I think that, you know, some people would say, This is better than nothing. I think nothing is better than this. I think that they should – I personally would rather them just say they gave up than to release this give up garbage video Uh, because it's it's more insulting to me personally as someone who has been in Rewind. As somebody who literally has this podcast discussing YouTubers and discussing YouTube, like that's how much you know the two of us think and care about this stuff. It was worse to come out and just, as far as I'm concerned, just take a dump <laughs> on all of us. It just took a was, big old dump. It was weirdly disrespectful, wasn't
1: it? When, when you when you put it that way, and I think in those terms, it it kind of devalued a lot of people who have done great things on, on the platform for the year. Like it's kind of (laughs) rude.
0: It turns it all into data. It literally just, that was the other thing I thought I was like, wow, YouTube finally got their wish and they're now just presenting YouTube as data. Like Google finally is happy with YouTube because now it's just data and nothing else. And that's all they actually want. And that's all they actually care about our numbers
1: Yay. they've been criticized for that kind of uh, uh um robotic approach to breaking things down for so many years and then they made a video that proved <laughs> that it's not only legitimate but uh, that's
0: what they actually seem to want as well yeah yeah basically so i would i would rather it's just so frustrating because the <laughs> A lot of talented people like worked on those rewinds. There was some amazing stuff that they would do with costumes and set design and visual effects and the Mm -hmm. audio editing and just editing in general and the coordination of getting all these people together. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, it was I got to meet so many YouTubers. I got to meet so many people who I'm still friends with. Yeah. At, at YouTube Rewind that I never would have met otherwise. So n- not only was it a great collection for audiences to see these people together for the first time, you know, to see like Rhett and Link alongside, you know, Rosanna Pansino and Hannah Hart and and and, Mamrie and, and Grace or whatever, whatever it was, you know, that was great for the audience. It was great for those people too. I mean, it was a great thing really all around. And I think that in prior years, yes, there was always the criticism of you left out this person, you left out this person, you left out this person. Well, guess what? There's no way around that. There's There's no no way way around around that. that. There's an endless number of people and there's not an endless number of time Mm. or money to fit them all in a thing. So I think that that's a valid criticism for fans to be upset when people are missing. But at the end of the day, it's, you know... It's an impossible thing for, for YouTube. And I think you just kind of have to accept that and that that's okay. It's just the nature of doing what they were doing. But man, now we're at the point where there's just nothing to look forward to. Can you imagine anybody looking forward to this anymore? It's, it's, it's not possible.
1: No, no, no one will care at all about YouTube rewind 2020, uh, which is, which is unfortunate. They've just murdered their own little cool thing. (laughs) which eh, that sucks. That's a total waste. You know, I was thinking, I just thinking back through this, this conversation, this has to be the most grim, depressing
0: episode that we've done. It's been a rough week, man. It's been a rough week. Oh. And the other thing I wanted to address is I've seen a lot of things on Twitter where it's like, why don't you just make your own rewind? Why don't you, if you could do it better, why don't you? Okay. I don't have like $15 million. (laughs) Okay. Like literally those YouTube rewind videos were millions and millions of dollars. Okay. To begin with. So no one on the planet other than YouTube has that money to invest in something that promotes YouTube. Like, It makes no sense. It's like, I'm not going to invest $15 million of my own money to make a Toyota commercial because I'm not going to benefit from that. You know, I'm not going to promote Pepsi. I'm not going gonna to spend, not that I have $1 million, let alone 15 but even if I did, no one is spending that money to make a commercial for somebody else, which is what YouTube Rewind is. So you, YouTube are the only entity that can afford to and have the incentive to and gain the value from properly doing YouTube Rewind. So I just wanted to... Th- Address that because I've seen that criticism a lot. And yes, you can make like a super cut video of like memes and clips and stuff like that. You can make a glorified supercut like clip show, okay, yeah, but that is not the same thing That's as what, what YouTube. they were doing. That's not yeah. what they were doing. They were making an original video spending a lot of money on making really a showpiece for the platform that was wholly original and unique. And uh, they gave up. So we've got
1: that. We've got the death of rewind. We have, um, yeah, we have the purge beginning. Things are looking rough in in the YouTubes here, aren't they?
0: It is, and I saw you know Oni. I think it was Oni. Both both him and uh, Pebbles both did some pretty serious tweets about. You know, and people have said for uh, forever, like, "Oh, YouTube is over. YouTube is dead. Blah blah blah. This is the end." Like that's happened over and over and over again. But I'm starting to see some people come out and really kind of say, "Look, this really is a lot more alarming than any other problem that any but any of us have complained about in the past in regard to YouTube." And I I think so. I think that's legitimate. Worth taking truly seriously as far as even bothering uploading to youtube anymore if you're somebody like psychic pebbles or you know yeah or any number of these people who are going to be affected like why bother like you said so but where do they go where do we go (laughs) i don't know I i don't know either Cause I can't imagine like Amazon coming out and being like, yeah, no holds barred, like totally like free, crazy, uh, no restriction, <laughs> no censorship video platform, uh, service here, <laughs> here you go. Internet. Like who's, who's doing that? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a, <laughs> a bit of a liability and the people who would be okay with doing that can't do anything at scale. You know, they they can't have a site that, that, that. Measures up to YouTube in terms of uh, uh, just
0: anything on the scale of what YouTube is now. So there's a Some, little conundrum there. Somebody does have one though. Wang's been uploading to it. Do you know what I'm referring to? Storyfire is that. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Storyfire. Yeah, a couple people,
1: <coughs> a couple people have been playing around with Storyfire, and they they seem to like it. Yeah. Um. I I don't know how. <coughs> sorry, I don't know how. Uh, quickly, they can scale. You know, it's it's a fairly, from what I understand, a fairly limited uh, amount of people on there. I don't know the numbers right now. I think Boogie is on there as well. I think he's tweeted about. uh He is, being yeah. on StoryFire, yeah. So, well, it seems to be growing. Maybe, maybe StoryFire will be in uh YouTube Rewind 2020.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but look. Uh I, I would love to hear everybody's opinions on this, whether it's in the Discord, whether it's on YouTube in the comments, whether it's on Twitter, you know, Matt and I are both on Twitter all the time. What are your thoughts on 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 rewind? I want to hear, because you know, I, I could see nuanced opinions on that, maybe differing from those of mine. Uh let me know what you think of the <laughs> the YouTube Rewind 2019 rough draft that I wrote. If that seemed interesting at all to you uh, and on the purge. I mean, if, if anybody's listening to this, that is in the camp of, look, this is a really good thing and, and we should have more of this, man.
1: Yeah. I'd make, like to hear make, a compelling
0: argument for that. Yeah. Make your case. Cause I'd like to, I would like to hear it genuinely.
1: And I have a feeling too that, uh, or I, at least I wouldn't be surprised if, we end up talking about this again very, very soon, uh, about, about the purge and how it goes. Uh, because <clears throat> I think, you know, I even think in the time it's it's going to take to uh, edit this together and release it, we're going to find out more information that we probably would, would love to have been able to talk about today. Uh, but I think in the next week, some people are going to take a real stand here. Um, we might see some people just totally quit and delete uh we could see more applications of this policy that might shed a little light it will probably though be even more confusing so i have i think that we're going to have quite a lot to talk about on this topic very
0: very soon yeah i'm interested to see if there are any reversals as well yeah, if there are any reversals of like the Leafy video or, or Pebbles video. I don't know. We'll see. We'll all right, well, find out. We are all about to find out. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. As always, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you liked what you heard, and I certainly hope that you did, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really go a long way. While you're at it, you can also watch the video version of this show on youtube.com thecreateunknown the create unknown. Check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com thecreateunknown the create unknown. You can get the full episode. You can join the idea baby gang, become one of the known access creator services. There's a lot going on on our Patreon. It's all part of phase three of TCU. So go to patreon.com thecreateunknown the create unknown. Follow us on social media. We tweet at Create Unknown. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The create Unknown. You can follow me, Matt, and the show on Podchaser for podcast updates. You can also find a link to our Discord in the show notes. We love our Discord because we get to talk to you and you get to talk to us. So join our Discord. Our website is thecreateunknown.com. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber and Matt Tabor. Check out what we do on YouTube at Vsauce2 and on Twitter at KevLeib and TaborTCU. Links in the show notes. This episode was edited by Zalgalu. Our theme songs by the incredible Mega Drive. Special thanks to Paula Lieber and Mo Lewitt. Until next time, see ya space cowboys.